Welcome to the Financial Futurist Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Schenker, the Financial Futurist. Bloomberg News ranks me one of the top financial forecasters in the world in my role as the president of Prestige Economics. I'm also the chairman of the Futurist Institute. And on this podcast, we talk about markets, business, and future technology. This is the Financial Futurist Podcast. This week on the Financial Futurist Podcast, we'll talk about equity market volatility, inflation, the dollar, gold prices, cryptocurrencies, and more, all on this week's episode of the Financial Futurist Podcast. Last week, equity markets experienced a high level of volatility and fell sharply for a second week in a row. This came on the heels of the jobs report from February 2nd in which labor market inflation, wage inflation, was stronger than expected. The impact of that stronger than expected wage inflation sent the dollar higher on expectations of more Fed rate hikes and it sent interest rates higher, all of which weighed on equity markets and gold prices. Coming up in the week ahead is the Consumer Price Index Report, the CPI Report. This is a critical measure of inflation, and it will be watched closely. A number of financial markets have been pushed towards critical trading technical levels. And as more trading has become algorithmic and technical, where computers are doing math-based decision-making to decide whether to buy or sell different financial instruments, market technicals are more important than ever before. And most of the markets we watch are right on top of important technicals. The dollar index is just below the 30-day moving average and at risk of rising. The euro is just above its 30-day moving average and at risk of falling. The Dow and the Nasdaq are just above the 120-day moving averages, and they have been falling as well. In fact, the Dow and the Nasdaq's 120-day moving average has been a critical technical that we've watched for several years. The fact that both of those markets are now sitting directly above it and traded below it on Friday, February 9th, is a cause for concern. Of course, trading below that level and closing below that level are two very different things when we're talking about trading technicals. But in the event there should be a close below the 120-day moving average, this could trigger a further sell-off. For now, since the price of both the Dow and the Nasdaq closed above the 120-day on Friday, February 9th, it conveys that there is still market support here, that this is still an important technical. But for the Dow and the Nasdaq, the Euro and the dollar, and for WTI prices and gold prices, what happens this week on Wednesday, February 14th with the CPI report will be critical. Of course, there's a lot of other data on the docket this week, housing starts and building permits, industrial production, and retail sales. But by far, the most pivotal data point will be that CPI. And there are very few data releases on Monday and Tuesday. That means you can see real choppy trading at the front of the week before significant market moves happen on the back of the CPI. If we see a modest CPI report, the dollar could fall, bond rates could fall, and equities and gold prices could likely rise. If we see a strong measure of inflation in the CPI report for January, the dollar would likely rise further and equity markets and gold prices would likely fall further. This could also weigh on industrial metal prices and WTI crude. These have been under pressure for a number of different reasons, but concerns about global growth, about U.S. growth, about interest rates are also weighing on commodities, not just on equity markets. I'm Jason Schenker, and you're listening to 
the Financial Futurist Podcast. We've been concerned also about the risk of cryptocurrencies and the bursting of a cryptocurrency bubble that we've identified going back a few months. With the prospects of additional regulation out of the United States, China, India, and South Korea, as well as other countries, it seems highly likely that cryptocurrencies could come under further pressure. The free markets that they've operated in are about to become a lot less free. Two other important dynamics for cryptocurrencies are that Facebook has banned all cryptocurrency ads, and credit cards from a number of major banks can no longer be used to transact in cryptocurrencies. These changes hint that a regulatory wind is changing, and it's likely that these parties don't want to be on the wrong side of a regulatory inquiry that we expect is coming in the next 12 to 18 months. There are a number of risks associated with how cryptocurrencies and digital currencies are being used, not just because they may be fundamentally flawed in terms of value and may resemble gambling as opposed to investments, but that they're also being used for other nefarious things like money laundering or subversive political actions. These dynamics put cryptocurrencies square in the crosshairs of regulators and they present downside risk to the values of these assets in a way that we've warned could spill over into equity markets in general. These risks are exacerbating other risks already present in equity markets from higher interest rates and tighter monetary policies. Again, we identified the risk that there could be a crypto bubble bursting spillover that impacted equity markets negatively, and I think that's also part of the dynamic that we've seen in the past couple of weeks. Interest rates are up, there's a risk they'll rise further, and a bursting of the crypto bubble presents other risks for equity markets as questions about multiples and valuations could also be asked with greater frequency. And those might be questions financial markets might not like the answer to. Everyone knows multiples are high, valuations are high. This is something that every waiter, Uber driver, executive, and trader I know talks about with frequency. Everyone knows these multiples are high, but everyone's too busy making money to think about the consequences and implications. One thing's for sure, even if equity markets rebound from the recent turmoil, the fig leaf of a riskless future has been removed. People have now been reminded that equity markets don't just move in one direction and that markets tend to adjust lower a lot quicker than they adjust higher. One other area of risk that we've seen this apparent in is in robo-advisors. I've been critical of these in the past for a number of different reasons. I've written a Bloomberg article about it. I've written articles on LinkedIn and a number of posts on this topic. And during this time of extreme financial market volatility, we saw a number of major robo-advisors unable to handle the traffic from customers trying to get on the platforms. This is something I've experienced in my own trading, and it's called slippage. Slippage is when the price slips and you can't get out of a trade even though you want to. It's no fault of your own. You know you want out, but you either can't get another platform or you can't transact quickly enough, and so you lose money. This is one major risk of trading that most people don't know. They always think the platforms are going to work. I experienced problems with this on one of the major trading platforms in the past, and the robo-advisors, most of those were overloaded in the past week. This highlights the downside risk that when a market falls, people are likely to try to access their platforms, and the speed with which they can exit the markets could exacerbate downward moves in financial markets. It also highlights the probability that despite what most robo-advisors will tell you when you get them on the phone, people who invest in robo-advisors are not necessarily long-term investors. Long-term investors tend to work with 
certified financial planners, CFPs, and individual financial planning professionals of various kinds, rather than just signing up for a faceless app. Of course, this isn't to say that all robo-advisors are bad. The SEC has issued warnings about them in the past because not all robo-advisors are the same. They all use very different algorithms, they all have different methodologies, and their platforms can handle different levels of traffic. As always, let the buyer beware, caveat emptor. And on that note, have a good week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Futurist Podcast with me, Jason Schenker, the Financial Futurist. You can follow me on Twitter at Prestige Econ and check out my website, jasonschenker.com. On jasonschenker.com, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter to make sure you're getting the latest and most important information about markets, business, and future technology. Until next week.